the DH. I really like Brent Laurie, and I bet I could watch you smoke your A-Rod right all day. But when you're done doing whatever, when you're through playing whoever, you know that the Nats fans will be right here waiting for you. Episode 40. We are in dumpster <laughs> Ikea. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Resting Pitch Face. I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. Uh, catch us on our website, restingpitchface.com. That has all the convenient links to where to follow us and other forms of media. Most notable is Twitter, Resting Pitch with, with no G. That's the best way to get in touch with us. Um, you can also email us, restingpitchface at gmail.com. And if you want to check out through our through our website, our, our merch store, if you ever want to wear some of our, our gears or logos or whatever. Um, World of Baseball stuff. Uh, it, it kind of feels like a little bit more has been happening around the game than maybe with the Nationals, but that might just be my perspective. Um, Sid, you've got a couple of things you wanted to sort of drop here, I guess. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, so apropos of the fact that we are currently um, me- messing our own bed uh, mm-hmm. to the Marlins with, with Urania pitching, there was, you know, outcry, justifiably so, a bench-clearing incident when the Marlins and the Braves were playing last week where Urania hit the, you know, sort of the Braves wonderkind uh, Acuna with uh, a ball fairly intentionally, like pretty freaking intentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was on the wrist, I want to say. So elbow. elbow. Okay. You're right. Yeah. It was elbow. For, by the way, it's the arm. Arm. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, the and it was high. It was yeah. also high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I basically Urania all but admitted that this was intentional and he was suspended, which he's appealing for not six starts, six games. Well, yeah, it's always like a paltry number of games for starting pitchers. Yeah, but everyone's like, so you got him an extra day of rest. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's pitching today, like he's pitching against us. And he pitched Juan Soto inside a couple of times and everyone was kind of like, buddy, buddy. Do not, do not hurt him. You will probably not like that. But it, you know, it just gets into like, if you're a pitcher and you give up a bunch of home runs to a rookie, maybe you should pitch better Mm -hmm. and not hit the rookie. Or possibly just be the adult in the situation for a moment. You know, theoretically, you're older than the rookie, just a guess. Maybe be an adult. He is, in fact, older than the rookie, uh, for <laughs> sure. Um, I mean, they were pointing out that like Juan Soto would would have been driving in the DR for less than a year. <laughs> oh. um, I, I don't even know if he has a license, but you know, these are these are the the stars of the future. Mm-hmm. Maybe don't hurt them. Um, and I'll say it when it's the Marlins against the Braves or when it was, you know, the Braves throwing at Jose Fernandez's head, mm-hmm. like back when he was a, you know, well, alive, but also like a young, a young gun, mm-hmm. um, that this stuff, this sort of policing happens regardless of the team doing it and the team having it done to them. And it's all stupid. So Charlie and Dave had an interesting conversation about it. I think yesterday where they were talking about how you, you run into this sort of difference when you're suspending starting pitchers because a lot of what the union cares about is lost salary. And so there's all this stuff in the CBA about guidelines for numbers of games to be suspended for based on the idea that you're losing salary for a certain number of games. And so in all of this discussion about suspending starting pitchers for longer, because of course it only matters for them every five days, Mm -hmm. the point that Charlie and Dave made was that, okay, they're going to be, if you suspend them for two starts, 
that's like half again or twice as much salary depending on who you're comparing it to. Because their and, salary is disproportionately weighted per game. Well, their salary is per game, even yeah. though they really only start every five. Yeah. And right. so so the idea that Charlie and Dave had as kind of a way of giving them the suspensions that they may deserve without running into trouble with the CBA would be to have some kind of a compromise suspension where you lose a certain number of games in terms of playing time, but the actual salary that you lose is only a proportion of that, which I thought was interesting. I mean, I don't really care about, well, I guess it depends on what they've done, whether I care (laughs) about their lost salary, but I care less about their lost salary than I do about actually finding a way to keep guys from doing this. But I do think that given the, the rules in place about situations like this, that kind of an idea is a pretty good happy medium where if we really wanted to have longer suspensions, practically speaking, having some kind of a version where they didn't lose salary for all of the days might be a useful way to get to that. Yeah. Yeah. Or splitting the, the consideration of salary and days as two separate things. They lose a proportion of their salary and they lose a certain number of days. And those two things can then be manipulated independent of each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think for incidents like this, the lost playing time is a lot more of a punishment. It's more of a punishment. It's probably more like, persuasive to not do something in the future mm-hmm. versus like yelling homophobic slurs and and I know Polar is not a starting pitcher but like or a pitcher but like for that I kind of am like no go to the pocketbook like hit hit him in the money but for stuff where it's very almost purely in-game incidents of blah 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 playing the game you know I'm going to show this young whippersnapper how we how we do mm-hmm. it in Miami or something um you know i just i feel like yeah lost opportunity is probably going to be more of, of a deciding factor than than lost salary i don't know what you know Arania's career earnings are but i have to imagine that he's not gonna well, miss it no he's not going to and the marlins would miss him as one of their <laughs> pitchers vastly more and so are more likely to be like yo cut it out yeah uh, um, you know, we didn't like it when it was done to us, and we sure don't like it when you do it. Also, on another note, the the tilde over the N is non-optional. Like, if you're talking about, you know, the classic example of years, uh, you need the <laughs> tilde. <laughs> Kay, do you know yeah, this? Yes, it, I do. Okay, okay. I do. In but, case any of our listeners do not, if you leave out what Sid is talking about, the tilde is a little squiggle over the N, makes an N into an Enye. If you leave it out on the word años, which means years... You are actually saying assholes in the literal sense. <laughs> and so I'm just kind of like in all of the headlines and write-ups. I'm like, guys, you can you can put the tilde in. It's it's pretty easy. Like on a Mac, you just hold the N down. And there are ways <laughs> to code for it in basically any other formatting. Like, do you not think that like print media exists in Spanish? <laughs> Where they need to distinguish between years and, and assholes? <laughs> like... I think that Barb's Twitter actually put up a little tutorial of yeah. how to put an Enya in on your iPhone. Yeah, um, it's like hold the button. Select. Yeah, on the iPhone is the easiest thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can never remember the key codes on like a computer, but I can always do it on my phone. Uh, well, you can set them. You can set yeah, new can defaults. Set. But what I honestly, what I would usually do before I discovered Spanish spell check is I would just end up Googling the letter I wanted and, and copying it. Yeah, yeah, that's but what I used to do. Now I have French. <laughs> yeah, now I have spell check in Spanish and word, and it's the best thing that ever happened yeah. to me. Well, and and on that note, apparently the New York Times style guide like has like takes accents out of words, 
And everyone's like, y'all, can you then just call him Enrique Hernandez? Yes, yes, yes. Like, or come if you do not on. Have that policy. What? Yeah, if you, yeah I mean, the policy is dumb. Like, the policy is actually dumb. And again, yeah. you're changing the meaning of words. Like, sometimes the accent mark determines what the word means. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's th- that because this incident was between Acuna and Urania and not Acuna and Urena. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. they're different. Just, no. just Google it. You sound like assholes. I will say, I now have Hakuna Matata stuck in my head (laughs) because you saying that repeatedly just sounds like Hakuna Hakuna Matata or Tomato Tomato, whichever one you prefer. Either one. I could go either way. I very strongly (laughs) associate Hakuna Matata with uh, Manny Machado, so maybe Tomato Tomato. That's true. Yeah, let's stick with Tomato Tomato. People are giving him flack for his hair, hair, by the way, because he got cornrows. They look fine. I don't. Manny got cornrows? Oh, no. No, they look fine. (laughs) I just don't believe that that's true. They look like he has very fluffy hair that got flattened down into cornrows. It it looks fine. I'll, I'll look it up afterwards. What I'm imagining is not great, but that doesn't mean it. That's actually what it looks like. Yeah, it it just look look it up. I mean, I I'm not gonna say that they're like the best thing ever, but they're also not worth the wailing and gnashing of teeth that I'm seeing on Twitter about his damn hair. Honestly, yeah. whatever he does with his hair is always gonna be secondary to the size of his ears. So I really don't know why people get mm-hmm. so caught up about it. Actually, he doesn't have very fluffy hair. I'm, I, I would overstate yeah. that. He's he has also, he has it close cropped. He has also been um, rocking it slicked back, very sh- almost stringily with gel lately. So maybe it is an improvement. I don't know. Anyway, without seeing a picture, <laughs> you look nice, Manny Machado. We're all proud of you. <laughs> we're so all happy for you for, uh, escaping from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Well, we're on that topic. I know we didn't actually add this to the outline, but I, can I just ask a question? I know he loves it. And I know he's beloved, and I know it was a big old middle finger to the O's, but I don't totally understand why Adam Jones didn't take the opportunity to get out while he had the chance. His honest You response? just answered your own question. No, no I yeah. know, but I don't understand. I, I mean, we all want to rescue Adam Jones, but Adam Jones is, is, a, is a grown person. He can I know. say, I love Baltimore, and everyone can say, her? Really? It's not even the loving Baltimore. It's like, why did you had a chance to be free? Take the chance. Run away, Adam Jones. I mostly just wanted to transition from Manny's on the Dodgers to the Dodgers lost on a bulk. Well, we can go back to that. Yes. But yeah, I mean, Adam Jones, I, I, I don't know. I had some respect for that. I have a lot of respect for that, actually. I do, too. I just I'm, there's the other side of my brain that's going. But you couldn't you could have taken the chance to not be an Oriole anymore. Doesn't that sound nice? They're in a rebuilding era. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> go ahead with the, your planned transition there to the Sorry. Dodgers. <laughs> the Dodgers <laughs> lost on a bulk yesterday, which, you know, you're not in a good way. And I'm going to tell you that, like, we also lost in a, in a you know, bad walk-off, a couple bad walk-off situations. So, like, there's only a, a moderate amount of shade I'm going to throw about that. But, like, a bulk? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a pretty ill-defined bulk, too. Is there such a thing as a well-defined bulk? I'm going to argue no. And until we have a field of lasers, um, which we do sort of in radar on the field of like the pitcher has crossed this plane and then that plane and we can define it. I I feel like you shouldn't be able to walk off on a bulk. You know, I feel like we actually discussed this a very long time ago when we were talking about what constant like talking about walk-offs in general and what you could walk off on. And I feel like we actually brought this up as a hypothetical and then laughed it off because it would never happen. 
2018. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, what inning were they in? Can I ask? Because I didn't see this. So. I think I think it was extras. Or I mean, okay. So there's a strong possibility the ump was like, I want to go home and eat like a sandwich and like take a bath, like like make this game be over now kind of situation. Yeah, let me let me take a look. Yeah, t- they were in extra innings um, against the Mariners, and yeah, there was a bulk. But yeah, I mean, I can't imagine it wasn't also in part that the that the umpire wasn't a little bit a little bit cranky, yeah, I, but I, still. I mean, as with so many of these things that are sort of more eye testy, gut feelingy, you always have to ask that question. You know, like I like. I, there are probably there are box that are going to be like very obvious and ones that are going to be trusting some whatever, but in an extra inning situation where, you know, that seems a little bit dicey. <laughs> yeah. And like the, the issue is that the rules call for clear intent to deceive that like it's supposed to prevent a pitcher from deceiving base runners by, you know, making the forward throwing motion and then throwing mm-hmm. over. But like to paraphrase you, yeah. How is it that an umpire can know what is in a pitcher's heart? Yeah, like, <laughs> yes, I don't like any any rule that is around intent versus observable action. Mm-hmm. Now, I know I just get done being like, brah, intentionally hitting people is bullshit. But like... He pretty well, much said so, though. Yeah, I mean, he basically was yeah. like, so I was trying to hit him with the ball that I threw at him and I hit him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but like... You, you see box called all the time where an observable, like it is an observable thing and you can take the intent out of it, you know, maybe not all the time. It's not like box are called that often, but you know, where it's like, clearly they did something hinky that is not their part of their normal motion and whether or not their intent was to deceive or not, they clearly s- crossed whatever this invisible line is, this invisible plane of lasers. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so the intent, you take the intent out of the equation and it's just, what did you do? I, I, the only invisible plane I want in baseball is Wonder Woman's. I'm just going to call that. But like, <laughs> I I guess the issue is, yeah, I, I have an issue with a rule based around intent. I have an issue based around a rule of breaking an invisible laser plane. Um, and I just like, there are some guys who have weird looking deliveries. And so it's either they're bulking all the time or none of the time. And usually those get read as all the time and therefore it doesn't, or it, so it's none of the time, you know? Yeah. Like the people, I, we've seen people with weird ass deliveries and it's like, how is he not getting called on box all the time? Oh, because it's just normal for him. And it's when guys do things that are outside their normal motion. Why, why am I sitting here defending bulk calls? I feel like this is the corner I've just walked myself into. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> like I, the other issue is like, it, it, you shouldn't have a call. So like, all right, I'm going to pick on Oliver Perez because that's who I am as a person. Um, and I love him. He has three different deliveries and he's a reliever. So if he comes in, the chances are that the umpire has seen his three or four different deliveries, all of which look weird because they are specifically meant to break up timing and understands what is normal and abnormal for Oliver Perez is very low. And therefore they either call it as weird bulks or not bulks. I don't see how that's called equitably. It probably isn't. Did we just find something else for you to angry spreadsheet? Because I feel like there's not enough here. Like from the ones I recall seeing, like I, I couldn't tell you whether it's equitably or not. Yeah. And that's, that's again with my anger spreadsheeting that always comes down to, I don't want to do video review, not because I'm lazy, yeah. but because like it's a ton of time. 
Well, no, it's not even because it's a ton of time. It's just that a subjective call is a subjective call. I'm just mm -hmm. a different subject. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not going to say, oh, this guy deserved to be thrown out and this guy didn't. Like, I'm not any more, any less subjective than an umpire. Same thing with bulking. Like, Oliver Perez has never bulked in his life, goddammit, is not actually a good way to approach this. <laughs> so what you're saying, I think, then, is that the only way to actually solve this is to have a field of lasers. Yes. I mean, I feel like that's the solution to many problems. It, very clearly. It would maybe prevent some of the rally pigeons if they were we weaponized. Ooh. <laughs> that could end badly. I mean, just as a, like a, 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 a dissuasive measure, not like zapping. Well, yeah, I was going to say, what kind of lasers are we talking about here? Like, we could get some real operant conditioning in on those pictures. I was figuring like laser pointers, because it would have the added bonus of possibly attracting more cats to the field. <laughs> Fewer pigeons, more cats. Rest in pitch face. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all I had to say about bulks. Yeah. I was kind of like, what? What is this nonsense? You know, what'll probably happen is after this, because you know how baseball is, they don't make a rule until something weird ass happens. So now that'll probably be like, okay, we need to make us in a rule of like, it has to be something very overt or whatever, or you just can't do it in a walk off situation, you know? Because I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Yeah, I'm, I don't know if... I, I haven't seen if anyone's ever pulled up the history of walk-off bulks. There might not have been... I mean, baseball's a long game. There's probably been one. Yeah. Yeah, it's also really um, really hard to say walk-off bulk. Walk-off <laughs> bulk. Take, take the L's out. Walk-off bulk. Walk-off bulk. Um, it happened in 2016. Did it? Oh my god. Um, once in 2015... It actually happened a couple times to the Dodgers. This is sounding, so maybe it's just anti-Dodger bias. I think it just happens once a year or so, but oh. maybe it's not usually that dramatic. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. can't say, like, walking in a run to, to walk off a game, fine. Walk off bulk. That's it, but uh, bulking in a run is so much fun when you're not the team it's happening to. Yeah, like, I guess so. That's why true. I can't be like, you know, don't eliminate it entirely because it's so much fun when you're not the guy balking. <laughs> I just, I, I, I want them to put sensors on the pitchers or something and to be like, have they crossed an invisible plane? Have they gotten yeah. a point in their windup? Like, we have a bunch of data on these guys. We can tell because I just, I feel like the the basing it around an intent to deceive the base runners. I. I do think that a tent probably rarely actually does factor into this. And it's more just a, I think you went too far. Mm -hmm. I like just a straight up eye test. But again, that is my eye test of interpreting, interpreting the situation. I said that very strangely when obviously I didn't even remember that this has happened multiple times before. So, you know, well, so by the way, um, the Dodgers have been involved in these more as the winning team in the past. Really? Um, and fun fact the website I'm pulling this from, which is the Harvard Sports Analysis Collective, somebody Collective? named Adam Gilfix, uh, that's what they're calling themselves, somebody named Adam Gilfix, who wrote this article, is calling them not walk-off box, but the slightly easier to say balk-offs. Okay. I respect that. that. As a term. Yeah. Yeah. This is an article from 2015. Yeah. So clearly it happened enough times before 2015 even. Yeah. Um, he found 21 in MLB history. Okay. That's more than not nothing. Yeah, but I mean, it's not a lot in no, all not. of MLB history. <laughs> so in non-baseball history, but because everything in life is baseball related somehow, um, Sid, I think you wanted to talk about Aretha Franklin. 
Yeah, so I think we're we're all, I'm going to speak for all of us, we're all pretty sad about Aretha Franklin's passing this week. Um, and, you know, a number of baseball teams have actually had tributes to her on the field in various ways. Um, but the the team that she uh, she was probably the, the most connected to was the Tigers, which made sense because she was, um, you know, connected with Detroit. Uh, and so their tribute was beyond sort of putting something up on the scoreboard um, or having some folks change their walk-up music, uh, but rather their game notes for a day were all Aretha Franklin song titles, which are kind of amazing. <laughs> so I think... Uh, my favorite is uh, the ones concerning the DL, which are Until You Come Back to Me and It Hurts Like Hell, um, which I have to say, I am I would like to motion in favor of making that always. Agreed. In notes, yeah, in so, so I guess she was in a commercial for them a while back, too. I didn't know that she was a baseball fan particularly. I liked her music, but would not claim to know much about her personally, but I... Wish I had known this while she was still alive, but either way, I did find it kind of fun to find out that she was a baseball fan and that she was um, so into the Tigers. It's well, nice to have sense. these connections between music and sports showing mm. everybody that they're not mutually exclusive. Right. Yeah. And she also was apparently um, friends with Willie Mays back in the, back in the day. Of yeah. course she was. Surprising. Um, and so he, you know, is like, I'm at the point of my life. And this is from an SB Nation article, by the way. Um, you know, I'm in the point of my life where I, I ha feel like I have more goodbyes must be said. And, they, and the harder they are to say. Um, and, you know, I, I knew her since my early years in New York. They used to joke around, you know, um, and just like you know, sort of a, a nice tribute to her. But apparently, yeah, she was enough of a fan to be involved with the Tigers. Um, and the Tigers were, you know, clearly very proud of that relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a video of, of her singing uh, the national anthem, of, of course, amazingly, uh, at a Tigers game. That's also included in the article. Well, that's good. We should put that in our, our show notes. Yes. Um, does it have the list, the complete list of what they're... Um song title song lyric game day stuff was oh yeah it has um it has a link to a tweet by a tiger's beat reporter that just has the image of it up and it's like uh don't play that song uh for the tigers being on a losing streak <laughs> um you send me uh some people going down to the dl um rock steady which was you know somebody having a hitting streak like it's great that sounds great it's that amazing really happy it's a really touching tribute and in a very like thoughtful but like i don't know not not over the top way just very mm -hmm. thoughtful and sweet yeah yeah i imagine it probably they had to probably talk through that a bunch to make sure that it was not insensitively funny mm -hmm. yes. i feel like they struck the right chord with you know amusing clearly heartfelt in the yeah. in the great context of all the tributes they were doing to her so exactly yeah but until you come back to me and it hurts like hell shall always be the song for the disabled <laughs> list <laughs> yeah i guess speaking of, of women and baseball <laughs> Which yeah. we usually are, so we that's you know, are, yeah. not new. Yeah, the last thing we wanted to touch on before we come back into sort of MLB baseball in itself um, is for anyone who does not follow us on Twitter or lives under a rock, neither of which I recommend, follow us on Twitter, come out from under the rock, you need more vitamin D. Um, the Women's Baseball World Cup is going to be starting in just a couple of days on the 22nd, 
And it's actually going to be in Vieira at the Nats former spring training facility. I didn't know that part. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So it's very exciting from a Team USA perspective mm-hmm. that the U.S. is hosting it this year. Yeah. But also from a Nats fan perspective, this is this is familiar turf for Nats fans, our, mm-hmm. our dearly departed Space Coast Stadium, um, which now, as far as I know, is owned by... Um, the United States softball something, something, I don't know. It's still being used, thankfully. I kind of worried. I was like, the town of Vera kind of, you know, sprang up around this facility. And it sounds like um, they, it was responsible for a lot of development. So I was pretty concerned when they were leaving. And I think other people were, too, that it was going to be hard on the town. Um, so obviously, it's not the same kind of, of economic source as when it was an MLB spring training facility, Mm -hmm. but it does sound like it is very actively being used throughout the year. And now, happily, we are hosting the Women's Baseball World Cup there. So um, if any Nats fans have some free time on their hands and want to revisit, they are airing it. Um, I'm going to get back to you on where, though. There's been some pressure on ESPN Mm -hmm. to but I don't think that's gotten anywhere. Yeah, which is really sad, honestly, because they're airing the Little League World Series, aren't they? Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is lovely and very sweet, and they totally should be. But also, they should be airing <laughs> the Women's Baseball World Cup. Yeah. So just a little, a little preview of what we can expect. It's going to run from August 22nd to August 31st. Japan are the reigning champions. They've won, I think, five times in a row something crazy like that japan mainly because of their women's baseball pipeline is Mm -hmm. incredibly dominant in any and all international women's baseball competitions this one being no exception um so team usa last won back in 2006 and there are actually four players that are still on the team from that team so 12 years ago Um, So Tamara Holmes, Maggie Medlinger, Marty Samantelli, and Malika Underwood are all still on the team since 2006. So hopefully they'll be able to get a championship in before any of those players Mm -hmm. retire. What's really interesting that I was noticing as I was going through some of the write-ups on this team, it seems like the players really stick around. I mean, obviously there's some great young talent on this team, but it really seems like a lot of the older players, the veterans, they're not trying to retire anytime soon. They're really, really committed to this team, which I think is great. Um, they do have former player for the team who's now the pitching coach, Veronica Alvarez. So this is her first time as the pitching coach. She had previously been on Team USA five times. Um, they do have men in some of the other coaching positions as well as the manager. He's the former pitching coach, and I'm sure he's great. Um, But of course, I'm sitting here going, oh, okay. so if the former pitching coach is now the manager, then Veronica Alvarez, who's the pitching coach now, is going to be the manager next. Right. And then we're going to have a female manager for the women's Team USA. Right. Only makes (laughs) sense. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm hoping for in the next couple of years. Um, But in the meantime, the number one goal is just to unseat Japan. Uh, (laughs) There there are some other familiar names. to those who follow women's baseball or just listen to this podcast. Um, Isla Borders, who's the oldest on the roster, she's 43. Um, She was the first woman to get a win in a men's baseball game um, when she was playing 
um, for the Duluth Superior Dukes. Um, so though it was a men's pro game, though obviously not MLB. Um, so she was the first woman to ever get the win in a men's pro game. So she is obviously a very seasoned veteran, um, and she'll be playing this year, as well as Stacey Piagno and Kelsey Whitmore, mm-hmm. um, who we have talked about a bunch in the past because they were playing for the Sonoma Stompers last year. Um, so they're back, and um, they've been playing. The, the squad has played a couple of training games in Florida. Um, today they're playing against Team Canada. Um, they've played a couple games against local teams. And so it's it's always fun. They do play with a DH, but I think for some reason the pitchers end up hitting in training games and sometimes just anyway because they're a lot more flexible about their positions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been having fun watching their Twitter account where, you know, somebody will come in. Um, I think it was Kelsey Whitmore the other day came in and, you know, got multiple RBIs and then pitched a shutout inning. <laughs> so, yeah, clearly they have the DH, but they don't need it. <laughs> so I mean, I, same yeah. guys. At least I know, it's really. Scherzer. Yeah. Really. So, so yeah. So I think it's going to be a really, really great World Cup this year. Um, I'm looking forward to watching, however much I can watch. Um, there are some cool players on the team. There's some interesting records that they hold. Malika Underwood, with this year's team, is breaking her own record for most appearances on a USA Baseball nice. national team. So this is her ninth time on one of the national teams for USA Baseball um, because she's been on every team since 2006. And the closest behind her are both on the men's side, Albert Almora Jr., who had seven, mm-hmm. and then A.J. Hinch had six. Mm. So that kind of holds up with what I said about the women on this team are not going anywhere. Yeah, Damn. I mean, that's really great for the continuity of the sport. Um mm-hmm. You know, my hope is that that sort of engenders more mentoring style stuff. Absolutely. Um, you know, sort of and and more, I guess, institutional memory as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to note that I think the last time this, you know, they we were talking about the the women's World Cup, it was in a time zone which was not conducive to watching. Right. And now so, it is. Yes, now it is in our time zone as opposed to the opposite of that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Which well, also does make it like ESPN, like the Ocho was a joke for a reason, guys. Just put this on TV. Yeah, you have multiple channels. You can find a place for this. Where honestly, hey, MLB, you've got a whole network with nothing on it. <laughs> I'm sure, like, you could find a place for this, even if it's not technically MLB. Yeah, last hard. time around, I believe it ended up getting aired on YouTube Live. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I'm remembering. Worked really well for those of us who don't have cable, but was not exactly uh, bringing in the big numbers and, and building a fan base necessarily. Mm-hmm. It was so. also on at like 2 o'clock in the morning, which is harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so this year, there's really no excuse. And, you know, if you're into college softball, there are a number of players that cross over with that. Um, if you are not into college softball and you're just into baseball in general, obviously they're playing baseball, but I just feel like no matter what angle you come at this from, there's no reason not to be excited. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Watch it. It's going to be fun. Yes. Yes. Like that's sort of the beginning and end of it of, of, it's not like, please like my sport. It's like, no, this is going to be fun. You should watch. Like you already like this sport. Yeah. This is a no brainer. 
Yeah, I have to say, so I follow a lot of women's basketball stuff on Twitter. I don't know if either of you follow. Mm-mm. A little bit. I try to support some of the women reporters out there, even though I don't really know what they're talking about. <laughs> um, actually, one of the, and, and he's obviously not a woman a woman reporter, um, but Shea Serrano, who's a, a reporter for The Ringer who wrote like basketball and other things, which is the bestseller, is one of the best like male reporters I've seen for being like, no, I'm not going to explain to you why you should watch the WNBA. It's awesome. And you should watch it because <laughs> like, um, and he just is like, he likes like very specific players and he'll talk about it. And it's just like very commensurate with the way he talks about basketball. Um, he crossed over briefly with baseball uh, where he watched it for like two weeks and was like, catchers are friends <laughs> because like <laughs> they help you get strikes. Um, so his, his stuff is, he's just a really good Twitter follow, but he in particular, if you're like, I don't really know anything about women's basketball, but I would like to know a little bit more. He He's good at the, here's why this person is awesome without constantly going, please like this sport. Mm-hmm. Um, in just like a, hey, this is a cool thing. You should watch this cool thing. And I feel like the onus is somewhat on baseball reporters to do the same thing. Like, yeah. hey, this is a cool thing. Please watch this cool thing. Just be uh, like, it's out there. You like it. Watch it without making yeah. it seem like it needs extra effort. Yes. Um, or just like, hey, you should let, watch it because this person is, you know, this player is awesome. And the reason she's awesome is blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't probably have to be like, because she'll steal your soul. But like, there's a women's basketball, a WNBA player who he says stuff like that about. But I've okay. seen her play and she will steal your soul. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, sort of in just in a similar way of here are some facts about her. She's great. This is not extra effort. It's just more of the thing you like. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and you should do it because it's good. So yeah. Here's here's hoping some some people get in on that. We will track <laughs> down what we can find if if you're not following. Obviously, you should be following all the various players in um in, with regards to the women's baseball World Cup. That said, anything that we can track down and link and and spread the word, you know, we'll we'll do our best to like make sure you know about it too. That's probably a lot more fun than Nationals baseball has been. I'm going to say this before we even start not to you two because you know but to people who are listening we're not going to sit here for the next 20 minutes and go god the Nationals suck I'm so depressed we're not doing that (laughs) we're going to talk about some of the things that are not so great though (laughs) yeah (laughs) we're just not we're not throwing the baby in the dumpster no, like the, the baby was four and a half games out of out of first place and then the, the baby kind of pooped itself. But like yeah. the, the baby was like, oh, it's doing some baby stuff. The baby made the dumpster its home now. We're not throwing <laughs> it in the dumpster. We're going to go like buy it some nice dumpster blankets and maybe like a dumpster crib. And, like... <laughs> we are in dumpster Ikea is what we're exactly. in. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Kay, more so just because Laura, I think you probably weren't a fan until you moved to DC, which makes sense. Yeah. But like, we remember 2008. Mm-hmm. That was worse. I remember 2006. 2006 that and 7 were, were real bad, bad guys. Yeah, I, mean, I don't remember times. them directly. I do remember what people's attitudes were like when I first got into the Nats. And yeah. I do feel like that has helped me to understand that feeling and and not to feel too far removed from it because when by the time I sort of stumbled into baseball in 2012 yeah I mean people were getting excited but they'd been hurt they weren't necessarily all in 
And it still took me, I think, four or five games before I saw my first win. So, yeah, I get it. And I'm with you guys, even though I wasn't necessarily there in the literal sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, this, you know, people who are, who are, you know, burning, burning the ships and they've been doing it the entire season. I'm like, you, we're, we're having a Tampa Bay Rays season. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. We're not 50 games behind like the Orioles literally are. Uh, I don't <laughs> think they've won 40 games yet. I think they're they still in the 30s. Yeah. They have the number, at least last I checked, they have the number of wins that the Red Sox have losses. <laughs> yeah. They're, uh, they're on track for 100, 100 loss season. And yeah. Like, get your first round draft pick, boys. Like, yeah. fine. Get, um, get Adam Jones a friend. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but like we're, we're having, we are, we are in the medium place. Okay. We have been in the medium yeah. place all season, which is anytime I turn on a baseball game, there's about a 50% chance that they're going to win and about a 50% chance that they're going to lose. And you know what? I'm freaking happy with it. Okay. I, and I, think, I, I think the thing is, you know, people are very, very focused on the playoffs because of all the players whose walk year this is and feeling like an era is ending and feeling like, it was all a waste if we didn't get a series out of it. And I get it. And I don't want to be unsympathetic to those people. But the thing that I've been saying on Twitter and kind of reminding people, the fact that we may have missed a window doesn't mean that the last six years were by any means a waste. I mean, I had the greatest baseball joy moment of my life in 2015. Yeah, That was being at Max's no-hitter, getting chocolate sauce poured all over my face after Max's no-hitter, Screaming so loudly, I couldn't tell the entire Mets stadium was booing him over the sound of my own voice. Like, that year, playoff-wise, obviously we didn't make it. Obviously it was miserable. But, oh my god, I'm going to take that with me for the rest of my goddamn life. How often do you get to see your favorite pitcher throw a no-hitter in person? So, save it with this whole waste thing. Missed opportunity? Fine. But don't call it a waste. Come on. Yeah. And And, like... How do I put this? Mike Trout, and I know we don't like <laughs> to talk about Mike Trout, but Mike Trout is probably going to be like, it's going to be like Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, Mike Trout. Like, that's the conversation mm -hmm. that people are having. He has been in one playoff series ever. Yeah. Like, if you want to sort of talk about like wasted stuff, that being said, you know, how do I put this? I, I don't. I don't know, and I'm not an Angels fan, obviously, but, you know, if you're like, I saw the greatest baseball player of our era play, and yeah, he never got a ring because they surrounded him with Otani and others, um, I guess Andrelton Simmons and no longer Ian Kinsler, but like... <laughs> You know, but like at the same time, you're like, I'm still gonna tell, uh, you know, my my future cats about this, like, <laughs> or random people on the street. Like, I I don't know. I'm just kind of like, it's only a waste when it's such a purposeful mismanagement that it makes it not joyful to watch. So here's, I guess, where I'm gonna come in on this one. Because I I gave up on post like I, I I didn't give up way back when I was on the like it's still early let's wait and then certain events happened some of which we have on our docket we may or may not get to but I was like okay well we're not going to the postseason this year and I just accepted and I stepped it I stepped into the dumpster and it was fine like there is other stuff to get frustrated about that's like it's you need it's like you got to talk about these things in two ways there are a lot there's a lot of stuff happening with the Nats that is 
extremely frustrating to me and it has nothing to do with whether or not we're going to make it to the postseason number one yeah. please stop tripping over your own dick <laughs> <laughs> As a team, collectively. Yeah. <laughs> and like, So I think there's some stuff that we can unpack, but in order to unpack the stuff that we need to unpack, like we need to learn a lesson. We need to like learn from what's happening rather than just be like, oh, oh, it's me. We're not going to the postseason. It's a disaster. Like we can be frustrated and talk about the things that are categorically bad here without just immediately going over into the, the, the like we're in the dumpster. Let's learn how to figure out how to live in the dumpster right now. Just in terms of our musical theme, what popped into my head is like, we all live in the Nationals dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> and now it won't leave. It won't leave my brain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't trade Brandon Kinsler because of rumors. Oh my god. And like, don't trade yeah. Sean Kelly because he threw his glove. Because two umpires were yelling the opposite things at him. Yeah. Like, guys. Like, yeah, yeah. don't. Don't trip over yourself. It's I've been thinking it's like the bullpen cart. We were offered an easy way and we're like, now nah, we're going to run instead. I think it's we're going to run barefoot over broken glass and gravel. Yeah. Like, you're like we, we could go on this lovely track that's got the cushy gel for, you know, for your arch support. Or would you like a pair of shoes made of barbed wire? <laughs> Yeah, I well, so and I will say just about sort of the trades and the not trades. Um, I will be forever grateful to Rizzo for giving me Max Scherzer, but I've been kind of sick of him for a while. So if this ends up being the end for him, okay, sure. I think that's one of the things that people are saying is not to renew his contract because of some of these kinds of shenanigans. I think it's hard to know. He, obviously, he's in charge of this sort of thing at the end of the day, but who's sort of fueling this type of thing? You can't say it's only one person. Especially when we have ownership that is known to... Metal. Metal is the wrong... Metal, metal then, yeah. They they interfere, let's put it that way. Yeah, they, they take yeah. more of a direct mm -hmm. role than many. Um, um, so I'm not pinning it solely on Rizzo. I haven't been in love with Rizzo pretty much ever. So, you know what? If this is it for him, all right. Rizzo, sure. Rizzo has consistently been good at a whole lot of stuff and has been consistently been the absolute worst when it comes to the bullpen. Yes. And it's like, it's literally always the bullpen and it's always a disaster, except for a couple halcyon days that we're not going to get into right now. We're this not going to get into okay. We're not going to wax nostalgic for the moment. But like, you One know. One of the first things you ever said to me as a friend was not to live a bullpen life. Yeah, it's a terrible life. Don't live a bullpen <laughs> life, kids. That's <laughs> our, our PSA. Um, yeah, and like some of the the like we we lost those two games. One we got a walk off grand slammed, and the other was we just walked off against the Cardinals. By the way, if you get walked off, it means that you were doing well for most of the game, and like yeah, that it's less of a source of despair. Yeah, yeah, it's demoralizing in the moment, but in the long run, it's actually as a compared to what happened today. Yeah. Uh, I feel like depending on my mood, I could go either way. Because on the one hand, today, it's just kind of like, well, it was a bad day. And we got walloped. Whereas the walk-off is like, we should have won it. And then there was dick trippage. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I literally, I, I came I out. Just, 
I, I need to tell you what I'm thinking of when you say that. You know that they were spikes, Kay. Yeah, I do. That's not what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking about the fact that Coda Glover's shoulder injury was apparently oh. from sex. Yeah. <laughs> that That is rumor. That is yeah. a rumor. Rumor. Rumor that well, Coda Glover was out for a long time because he injured himself in the shower. Boning. In the, yeah, in the shower. <laughs> in the shower. Um, which I gotta say, Coda, you're a, a tall man. I need you need to lay down. <laughs> like but, you need to to lay down. <laughs> um, but like, just, like if you've got millions of dollars riding on you. Don't don't have stand up sex in the shower. My poor God. choice of words, Sydney. Yeah. Did you hear it, Sid? Yeah, I heard it. Took <laughs> <laughs> oh. a second, but I'm there. But like, the like, so the walk off was just. It was like both of them. One of them, I had, I had been at Hamilton, and I was having a great night, and I get in the car, and we turn on the game, and then the walk-off happens. And I was like, well, that sounds about right, you know? I was but, in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> I was supposed to be at that game, and then my plane got delayed, and thank freaking God. happy or sad? Are you happy or sad that you I was it? happy I was at a bar, and sad that I was surrounded <laughs> by Cubs fans, because I had been like, oh. Oh no! I'm just gonna <laughs> slink off. Mm-hmm. Like I made a noise, like I got punched, and then <laughs> kind of slinked away. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that the walk-offs are just signs of the fact that we kind of sold the bullpen. You know, not yeah. even sold the bullpen, sold two guys out of it, and then Herrera's injured. I think, like, obviously, Do is injured. Madsen's obviously. <laughs> Madsen's struggling because we broke Sammy for a minute because of the workload. Like no, Madsen's on the DL again now. Yeah. Like, um. Yeah. So we moved. Um. What's his face? Malone out to the to the bullpen because Strauss is going to be coming back. Yay! But like, Greg Holland. Oh oh. And Wander Suero. And we got Jimmy Cordero yesterday, which I bring up solely because, uh, I was like, wait, he can't be Chad Cordero's son. Because Chad Cordero is probably not old enough, right? But he's he's older, but he's not that much older. And then we looked up who how old Chad Cordero is. And I feel like I'm in the wrong universe. How old is he? 36. Oh, oh, we saw him. I know. Oh. And I'm like, I'm not, I didn't, no, that's, that can't be right. He is not 36. He, and I say this about somebody who always wore his hat in an extreme brim. We're sunscreen guys. <laughs> now he's had some stuff happen in his life that... yeah but like even so like none of that looked like like hard life it just looked like you're not 36 yeah, yeah i felt like i was transported into an alternate universe for like a the adam dunn aging trajectory <laughs> you're like it's a rough 34 <laughs> you're like oh ooh, yeah oh <laughs> but yeah so now we have uh that cordero yeah. No relation. He was fine. He was fine. Yeah. I mean, but like the, we we at this point we're like, why is the bullpen struggling? Oh, because Who we're like, the- oh, thank God, Matt Grace is coming in. Oh no, no. <laughs> yeah. No. I was more like, wait, who 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 is that? Um. Yeah. Well, and poor Sammy's in AAA again, and Luann's off Twitter, and it's all just very. Yeah. Yeah. Stop being dicks to like Luann and uh, Aaron on Twitter, everyone. Thank you. Leave. The families alone. I mean, leave the players alone, too. Don't be dicks to the players. But at least they're supposed to be in the public eye. Yeah. Leave their families alone. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. 
I mean, Aaron is, is obviously better at it because she's just like, yeah, <laughs> I am going to burn you so hard that yeah. like your children feel this. But like, <laughs> be nice to Luann. Luann's biggest crime is being slightly defensive of her brother, which is oh, fair. No. Also yeah, using like, hammer emojis. Like, stop that, Luann. But... Well, we do have one happy bullpen thing. Hmm? We want to turn our trajectory around to a slightly happier bullpen thing. Is it the cart? It's the cart. It's the cart. Um, Which no one has gone in. No one has gone in. And I'm honestly kind of delighted about it. <laughs> this sounds weird because it sounds like I'm really anti the cart. And I'm not really anti the cart. It's just hilarious. It's like so much more enjoyable to me that we have a cart and nobody's using it than if everyone used the cart or we didn't have the cart. I but appreciate somebody... a waste of money from the bullpen that do nothing. <laughs> somebody made it a Twitter account and it's yeah. just so yeah. sad. I think, there's like, I think there's a couple, but one of them is very adorable. Yeah. Uh, I, know. I like that it's little, the little light is the little thing on the hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so cute. <laughs> That's a date. It responded uh, to me. I, I got into this really great you know how you you guys have seen this periodically give even even though I'm like the singlest person anyone knows I get into these conversations on Twitter about planning my wedding which is going to be a NAS right. park right yes. yeah so I want the bullpen cart to drive me up the aisle mm-hmm. um, nice the bullpen choice. cart has agreed to this as long as nobody ties any like cans and things to the back of it <laughs> um, we would tie bats and baseball what about Screech was riding around on the back why can't can we just tie Screech to the back of it so we decided we were going to tie cleats. Not so dragging Screech, behind. But. <laughs> so Screech can ride on the back. Okay. Um, I will. I get shotgun. Doolittle's going to be driving, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And Aaron is going to officiate. I did enjoy Aaron sliding into a conversation I was having on Twitter about, like, someone mentioned Do possibly officiating their wedding. And she's like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am in way too much debt studying <laughs> literally to do this for a living <laughs> to let him do that. And which Ryan, I was like, maybe do we should pay your loans? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I wondered about that. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, I would do many, many things to get her to officiate my wedding. I would love that so much. <laughs> I would, like run several miles um, <laughs> and you know me yeah yeah have you seen the ads for daring Juan Soda to do things and I'm kind of I want to dare him to do things like rent a car <laughs> <laughs> no he's too young I know he's too young that's that's a joke <laughs> that's no, but that's, it has to be it has to be fair like obtain one alcohol <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess that said that'd be about the only thing I could ever be Juan Soto at doing <laughs> I'd be, like, the, I'd be like, I'd be like, stand up straight is the challenge, and he would beat me. <laughs> what's the rental car thing? Is it 26? It's 20, like 25 or 26. Yeah, 25. Yeah. All right, I'll get back to you when I can do that. <laughs> oh, shush. But you can obtain an alcohol. I can obtain several alcohol. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I can. I You can be like the second driver on a rental car that somebody else is renting. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done that. So he could do that. So that might to, be a workaround. Do you have to be over? Tw- you have to be over 21 for that, don't you? I don't, oh, I don't know, know the ins and outs of rental cars. I don't the know. first time I tried that, I was 21, so okay. I'm honestly not sure. I think he also could not rent, like, be the signatory on renting a beach house. 
Um, like there are a few weird things that you're like, no, this is actually like you have to be well past 21 in order to do. But like, I kind of just want to dare him to do things that you know categorically he cannot do because of his youth that are <laughs> that are boring old people things. <laughs> like complain about your back pain, Juan Soto. <laughs> well, no, okay, no, no, no. That could, that's risky though because he is a professional athlete. I, I don't want him to be in back pain. I want yeah. him to complain about it. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> what would people dare Juan Soto to do? Like, I want to know. I mean, I think, first of all, listeners, if you have a great idea and uh, like me have not actually seen these ads, please chime in on Twitter when we post this episode. I don't know. I feel like something regarding eating, but like something funny, like how many marshmallows can you shove in your mouth kind of Ooh, thing. Oh, yes. Challenge him to a game of Chubby Bunny. Yeah. What? Is that what that's called? What? Yeah. You guys have never played it that way? I've never heard it called that. Oh, no. So the whole point is you have to put a marshmallow in one at a time, and then you have to say the words chubby bunny. And it's the point <laughs> at which you are no longer understandable that you have lost. I feel like that's a bulk call, though. That's totally subjective. <laughs> like, yeah, you need, like, a third point. party judging. Like an umpire. You need literally a chubby bunny. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the zone. Blow it inside. <laughs> If somebody wants to challenge Juan Soto to a game of Chubby Bunny, I volunteer to be your umpire. <laughs> I feel like on that note, we should just have a crew fancy stats up. Yeah, maybe we should. Yeah. Uh, Laura. Uh, yeah, hang on. I wasn't ready. <laughs> I, I was still caught up in. It's like we have actual <laughs> other serious <laughs> things to talk about, but I have to go to an important Charlotte Knights yeah. game. And I think a lot of the stuff we can um, yeah, we can circle back around next time. Yeah, um, yeah I have so to go stalk Steve McCaddy. So at, at the game, he's a pitching coach. He's going to sign my book. If you can get a picture with him, do it. Please. I'm going to. I Feel want to free see to tell still... him I put his name in a song once. <laughs> I will. I will do that. I, I just want to know if he still has that fabulous mustache. I will also let you know that. Um, so the Queer Fancy Stats update, this is as of the 18th, so it doesn't include today yet, but the total was $41.96 for August as of the 18th. The Did we do the final donation on um, Newcomb as well? Because we, I can report on that. I don't think we did because our episode went up before I think Jen closed it. Yeah, so the final yeah. donation on Newcomb was $31.00 to Lost and Found Youth, which is an organization that provides safety and shelter for Atlanta's LGBT homeless youth. So wonderful, wonderful cause. Mm -hmm. If you were looking to match that one, um, you can check out at Queer Fancy Stats on Twitter um, for the exact information on how to do that. And okay. we'll let you know when the August total is is finalized as well and, and how you can match that and what it comes out to. That'll probably be right around our next episode because that's about two weeks from now. So yep. Yeah. Um, and then we'll also have some some stuff to some longer term stuff, I think, to discuss then. As far as our business, our Twitter is resting pitch face with no G. Uh, you can that's, as Laura pointed out, the best way to sort of find out what we're talking about and get a hold of us. You can check out our website, resting pitch face, resting pitch dot com, which has uh, links to a couple of other things, including our email and our Zazzle store. If you ever want to get some of our merch. <sighs> I feel like that's the <laughs> that's the sound of the season. Um, I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. Let's go Nats. Let's go Nats. Let's go Nats. Please come back, Tyler. It's just not the same since you went away. We really miss your eyewear. And the way you confused that is at the point.
right next to true and we need you to pitch the aid. Besides, there's no other 